verbal tap. Bellator fights tonight. Justin McNally versus Steven Ardoff. McNally locked up a reverse triangle, then took the arm, and it's unclear which of the three submissions he was going for that succeeded, but Ardoff verbally tapped. By the way, commentary asswipes at Bellator. No one calls it verbal submission. It's a verbal tap. Welcome to Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is easier from outside the cage. With me, a man of many talents, Raf Esparza. Raf, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. Uh, a couple things. First of all, <laughs> spoiler alert, do you forget that you live on the side of the world that gets things first? Oh, I'm sorry. Is Bellator still playing over there? Oh, it hasn't even happened yet, you dipshit. Okay, fact, well... It's literally starting to play right now. I've already tweeted out on behalf of the podcast, and we'll be talking <laughs> about the results of this later, and you have already spoiled the main event for me. Having said that, you are absolutely 100% right. No one calls it a verbal submission. That's <laughs> stupid. And I, I take offense to it because it sounds like they're going out of their way not to give us a free plug. That's exactly what it sounds like. It's like they know they they can smell a little bit of competition and they don't like mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So crazy move. And let me I, I'm gonna spoiler alert it, but you're not gonna see it coming. So Bengali locks up Ardoff in this like weird <laughs> twist, and I swear to God was choking him, attacking mm-hmm. his wrist, and trying to armbar him from the elbow all at the same time. That's kind of crazy, and I think it's it's indicative of when you're like first starting off in jiu-jitsu and someone is trying to pull off maybe about three or four different moves, and you're like, I don't know which one. Uh, all of them. They all hurt. Ow. Just stop it. Wait, why are you attacking my wrist when I can barely breathe, you asshole? <laughs> you're putting a lot of weight on my chest, and I don't understand why, and I think I've lost my arm. <laughs> If you're new to the show, you are probably picking up on what Raph and I like to call the way we do MMA commentary. That's that, We've never called it that before in our life. Uh, we've been putting comedy in MMA since like a year ago. And if you like the show, please go over to iTunes, leave us a rating so we know you're listening. Visit us on our website, www.verbaltapcast.com. And like us on Facebook. There's a new phrase. What are we up to, Raf? We're... 54. 54. I think we can do better. Gosh, well, we know more that. than oh, that. A significant <laughs> number more than that. Listen to this goddamn podcast. So take the extra, you know, 20 seconds it takes to go on Facebook and just put like. You don't even actually have to like us. Just like it. Yeah. Just shut up with support. We're going to be talking about a lot of things, but up first, Raph, in honor of one of the best NBA Finals games I've ever seen, I have a fight question that's semi-NBA related. Are you ready? This is not at all related. Okay. The big three of Miami versus the big three of San Antonio. Bare knuckle brawl. I'm talking just free-for-all fight. And with San Antonio, that can be a little ambiguous, so let me say, I'm talking... Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Mano Ginobili. And remember, Raph, before you answer, Ginobili is Argentinian. Who do you got? Who do you got winning that fight? Kevin, we're going to have a long talk. Okay? 
The long talk involves the fact that you need to run topics that we are going to bring up on the air by me before we do them. So you're what does this have to do with anything? Spontaneity isn't what you There's want no from a podcast spot- partner? Oh my god, this is the dumbest thing that you are trying to force into this podcast. It has nothing to do with MMA. But if John asked it, you would think it did. But since you are asking me who I think would win... I'm not asking you. There's no part of me that just said, hey, who do you think would win in that fight? This is great ping pong. I think it's going to be the Spurs, and I think Ginobili's your wild card. I think Ginobili has probably been trained in knife-wielding, and, you know, I trust his elbows. Though Parker is French, so I am starting to rethink my position already. So you don't even have a firm position on this? You just have <laughs> rambling analysis? I'd, I'd call it a soft position if, you're, if we're categorizing my position on this. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right here. I'm going to transition you. If you want to bring up the NBA, I've got something for you, okay? What do you got? Okay. So today, Chael Sonnen going off as he normally does. But this time, he went off on a prominent NBA player. You want to take a guess as to who it could be? Uh, I always guess LeBron James whenever anyone has me and be able. Uh, please always refer to him as King. King Le- LeBron, King LeBron James. Yes, thank you. His formal name. He went to years of King School. To not <laughs> don't be just hand out those King diplomas. You gotta earn right. those. Which, by the way, is something that irks me. But we're gonna continue on. Uh, so Chael basically said that. Uh, LeBron requested tickets to come see him fight. I think it was the fight with him and Anderson Silva. And uh, this is Chael's response. And as we always do with Chael's responses, we read them in Chael voice. Are you ready for that? (laughs) I gotta tell you, I'm so ready for this. I'm on the edge of my seat. Are you ready? Do you want me to introduce it? Yeah, sure. It's a little rusty, so I gotta gotta tune it up real quick. Uh, uh, (laughs) I won't. Anderson Silva. Okay, I think it's coming. Good. This is like that scene in Rocky, and I'm that old dude, and you're running in the <laughs> snow with a cross on your back. What a weird scene that was. <laughs> or an even weirder summarization of that scene. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, Chael, what's all this nastiness you keep saying about LeBron James? Let me tell you, first off, he makes Urkel look cool. I would have liked to call him a twat, but they changed subjects. Let me tell you a story about LeBron. He asked UFC for tickets for my fight against Anderson Silva. We sit the guy front row, and through the night, he snubs our fans. He's a guest in our house, and he refuses to sign any autographs or take any pictures unless your cup size was later in the alphabet than he was able to learn. And from what I understand... He thinks the letter purple comes after C. Editorial comment that's not as funny as I think he thinks it is, but we're going to keep it. <laughs> so the guy, LeBron, walked up to see my fiance backstage and asks her if there's a tic-tac in her blouse or if she's just happy to see him. I had a UFC employee tell me he saw a mother wheel her handicapped child up to him to get a picture. LeBron was walking towards him. And when he reached the kid, the mother stopped the wheelchair. LeBron took the wheelchair, wheeled it the other way, and kept walking. I like to slap the divots right off his face. He'd run away faster than his hairline. 
His hair went north, his talents went south, and his mother went west. So, okay, first of all, uh, way to finally 17 sentences in reach your punchline you were looking for, Chael. But why – this kind of sounds like Chael being Chael, doesn't it? This uh, LeBron's wheeling kids in wheelchairs away. Like, what is he talking about? Uh, I don't know, but I'm deeply in awe of what that was because <laughs> – Holy shit. Like, I was that's. I thought it was. It sounded a lot like him. Oh, thank you. Uh, it, it was a really just angry Chael. And, and the type of Chael that positions himself from the perspective of the fans, it's kind of like, hey, everybody, I don't know if you've heard what LeBron James has said about Columbia, <laughs> but. He said the good people from Colombia are stupid. Like it, it, it's a very interesting approach to it. But from here, first of all, I don't want to like LeBron James to begin with. Sure. So I'm already in this camp. Like I don't care if any of that was true. Just the imagery of LeBron James seeing a kid in a wheelchair and then grabbing the wheelchair and going "Nope" and wheeling him the other way is hilarious. Yeah. Obviously it is, but it just feels like uh, Chale trying to stir up some sort of super fight. Like He's decided the best move is for him, this is my theory, the best move is for him to attack someone from outside of the fight world that maybe he can yeah. get into it. Because this is just like, this is pretty angry stuff. Like, just with the mother went west, and the, like it's just, it gets shockingly real, even for Chale. It's true. And uh, as the basketball expert on this, uh, you're not even an expert. You're just the basketball guy. You're I'm an enthusiast. There we go. You're our, you're our very shitty sound version. like I wanted it to. No, you're our very shitty version of the basketball Jones here. Um, yeah. my, my question to you is this. Do people become more famous off of hating LeBron James? Like, is that a thing that that people do sometimes. Maybe that's the motive behind Chael's not attack really. on him. Not no? anymore. No. It's not like a terribly popular thing to do. Not that direct. Like, it's one thing to mock his game or say he chokes, but this is like <laughs> just making sto- just making things up or if he's telling the truth, it's like the most shocking thing. But if he was telling the truth, let me say this about social media and the people that live in this country. LeBron was pulling <laughs> that shit off. Someone would have found a way to spin it into a photo or a video, and that shit would be all over the internet. I don't believe that one as much. I mean, there's Ask Amanda Bynes and find out what she has to say about what people are able to see. It's a great idea. Let's let's go all the way out of our way (laughs) to make that happen. She would do great things for our numbers. UFC on 161 is in the books. Raph, what are your overall impressions of UFC 161? Can I get my money back? Yeah, that's right. From the shitty judging, and yeah, I'm talking about Dustin Pegg. From that to just a pretty lackluster decision-based... I mean, what? let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine decisions. Yes. Now, you and I were talking earlier about something that I think is fascinating. We have the best idea ever. We have such good ideas sometimes. We were talking about to avoid things like this, which was a lackluster card. Would you agree? Yeah, sure. Okay. 
to avoid things like this, the UFC should offer like a package, almost like the NBA or NFL does. Excuse me, Freudian slip. Almost like the NFL does, where you can purchase like seasons of fights at a discount. Because this is one of those things, and that should be like their apology for cards like this. And I don't think it obviously had the potential to be a cool card. It's just sometimes this happens. It's the cost of doing business, so they should reward us in some way. I or think just, you are oh, in a ahead. slightly different idea of what you think it should be. I oh, okay, love ahead. punch cards. Love them. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Same when idea. you have the loyalty yeah. card. Yeah. yeah, same idea, but, you know, you pay all that front. Like, whatever. That's fine. Sure. Cable companies, <laughs> whenever you get pay-per-views, just go – Hey, after this event just went down, don't forget next month Anderson Silva takes on Chris Whiteman. You're going to want to buy it. So for me, I always think they assume they don't have your business. So why not give you a punch card? Because I love when I have something that's a punch card that's like, oh, what wait, wait. Oh, I am about to get my free sandwich if I get one more punch. And I think I could get a lot of punch cards with the UFC. All I'm saying. Okay. I... I... I mean, good either way, because, you know, I'd be winning. <laughs> so Congratulations, though. Yours does make more sense, but I really do like the idea of a punch card. <laughs> From uh, yeah, Honestly, they're both fine. I just think the punch card's harder to keep track of. So UFC won. The, let's talk about the peg fight. And I know they showed it late, but it was one of the first yes. fights. What is going on here? It's a great question. Um, I... I will, I will take away the positives from it. Uh, there were so many submission attempts that when you do watch that, if you're me and Kevin, you get really excited by watching really good uh, exhibitions of jiu-jitsu. So I was at least happy from that respect. Uh, did I agree with the decision? No, probably not. <laughs> it looked like a lot of submission attempts. And it just more looked like uh, Dustin Pegg, who's actually uh, he's a local of this area. He's out in the D.C. Yeah. area. You should find him. I should find him. Just walk out. Excuse me, Dustin. Uh, he's he just controlled the fight. So yeah, really crushing. All it right, um, Clark over McGuire. Another R three unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. Clark won the striking battle. Delorme over Figueroa. I like that fight. Here's what I'm going to say. Now that we're getting into the preliminary FX card. Mm-hmm. Way better investment of my time. <laughs> really? Or the, just so, the fights were better? The Way better. They were just way more interesting. Uh, Delorme and Figueroa had a really good fight. Like, you just had, again, great jiu-jitsu versus a pretty good striking game. And the interesting thing was just the countering in this. Like, at one point, I think it was, uh, I think it was Figueroa that actually just had a crazy body triangle. No, I might be wrong. I think it might be Dillarm. Just a crazy body triangle to just lock somebody down, and you'd think that'd be it. And he traps an arm in the body triangle, so you're only left defending with your left arm. Imagine that. No. (laughs) That's just insane to think that you are fending off submission attempts and can actually make it to uh, a decision. A way better investment in my time. Okay. Period. Fair. All right, Stout versus Gross. Um, yeah, that was a a good ish fight. Cross the uh, way. It looks like a lot of striking. It was it was a lot of uh, striking, and and Kraus was making his UFC debut and looked really calm, 
really in control. I really like the way he approached this fight. And with just 13 seconds, uh, synced in a guillotine, and it was it was good. I mean, he really bloodied up Stout in the first round. And uh, it was it was a nice thing to see them. They kind of felt each other out for the rest of the, the fight. But uh, just vicious toward the end with that guillotine. I was very happy because you hate when you're about to see it come to an end. And you just go, all right, another decision. But uh, Kraus really put a definitive uh, end to that, and I, I dug it. Good. I like the R3 submission. Pearson versus Robertson. Sean Pearson uh, wins a decision, majority decision. Yeah, it, it was a pretty good fight. It was, uh, I mean, Pearson definitely had some big blows throughout the fight. Uh, Kenny Robertson, you know, I was kind of rooting for him. I think he follows us. I'm not sure. Uh, so... Kenny, if you're listening, uh, it was a tough break, but it was a good fight. And the other thing about it is just uh, much better pace, I think. Just when they started getting a little more tired, and and at least you feel they were trying to do the best they could to put on a good show. But uh, Pearson had some really awesome blows that he was getting there, man. And admittedly, I did not see this fight, but Mm -hmm. just from looking at it on paper, it's 65-36, to Robertson. In the yeah. striking category, one takedown and three passes. So those 36 punches must have been quality punches because from they, a numbers standpoint, it's like, what the hell? I mean, the uh, Kenny got rocked a few times. Okay. Uh, really, like, staggering rocks. Like, it could have been an end of a fight kind of stagger. But, uh, yeah, just, again, good fight, better investment in my time. I sure. think we're finding our recurring theme. Yep, and Tyrone Woodley loses to Jake Shields in a split decision. Yes, if I recall, I think Dana was actually even not happy about this one. He thought that uh, Tyrone actually got robbed. Uh, it's tough. It's you know, whenever you get a split decision, it's kind of one of those things where on a given day, what is it the judges are looking for? Yeah, don't let don't let it go to decision. I mean, that's the theme. Like, there's a reason that's a saying in the fight world. <laughs> Because yep. weird shit happens. Uh, good for Jake Shields, though. Always like to hear him doing well. Yep. Pat Barry loses to Sean Jordan in a quick KO. Holy shit, was it quick. <laughs> just and, one punch and boom? I mean, I don't know if it was just necessarily one punch, but just as they're getting their bearings in the octagon, just a vicious hit by, by Sean Jordan that it's not very often that you really see Pat Barry disoriented like that, but you knew when he got hit, you go, shit, this is done. And <laughs> there was a very quick end to that fight to the point where you just kind of thought about it and you go, all right, we're off to a good start. A knockout. Cool. Yeah, no kidding. And I'm, I'm guessing he, I wonder who won knockout of the night. It was probably Sean Jordan. Well, Boy, when you do, have do, one knockout, do, does he write the check though? Does does he have no choice? Uh well, in the bonus section right here, it does say he did get it. So congratulations to Sean Jordan uh, for knocking the shit out of Pat Barry. Davis versus Sextus. I don't know why I had to say it like that. Why uh, are you 14 when you're reading that name? Hard to say. Alexis Davis takes the fight in a decision. Unanimous. I like this fight. Um, you know, I, I remembered somebody saying 
there wasn't a single good fight on the card. And I think there's a case to be made that there were a few good fights that were marred by high expectations. And we'll get to the, the main fight uh, shortly. But I, I thought this was a really good fight. Both of these uh, both of these fighters just were vicious. And that's always so cool to watch. Pokra Jack versus Jimo. Probably just Jimo. Jimo. <laughs> I love that <laughs> you sometimes added accent. That's not Dude, not necessary. It doesn't even make sense. Like, what, what are you doing? Uh, Jimmo gets the decision unanimous. Last yes. strikes to a little strikes. Um, I don't know. Like in the middle of the second round, uh, CompuStrike noted that Sexton and Davis actually threw about the same number of punches. I just wanted to point that out in there. So. Even just throughout, it was a very close uh, match between the two of those. Sorry, just wanted to bring that up in there. No problem. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> Jimmo and Igor, Igor, whatever. Igor. It, it was, um, yeah. Boring. It was okay. It wasn't yeah. that great. Uh, there was one moment where Jimmo got knocked, uh, and he was able to counterpunch his way back into it, but, yeah. You know, and then there's a trade-off where I think in the next round, uh, Igor uh, got rocked as well. But he fought his way back into it. So that third round, after these guys have taken some big shots, they just kind of were like, all right, I'm done. Let's just see the end of this fight. (laughs) Miocic versus Nelson. This one got a lot of buzz, but 106 strikes to 23. Nelson loses in a unanimous decision. Yeah, and there's no question about it here. This wasn't exactly a super exciting fight to watch. This is kind of the other side of Roy Nelson. So my friend who watches it, Jacob, he... There you go, Jacob. There's your shout-out. He also occasionally listens to the podcast. He was asking on Twitter, he's like, why do people like Roy Nelson again? And I think here's why. One, he's super easy to hate, and it's nice to have those people around sometimes. Two... He really does embody the uh, I'll fight anyone, anytime. And you kind of feel like that's the case. If they were like, hey, we need somebody to fight John Jones, he'd be like, all right, let's not. Cool. Uh, I always so... imagine him taking it with food in hand, like a giant gob <laughs> of mashed potatoes, where he's like, I'll do it. I'm going to finish this corn dog, uh, but then I'm going to whip John Jones' ass. <laughs> I think like, that's what he'd say. So that's why we like Roy Nelson. But this was. Uh, he. Doesn't you feel like Ray Nelson has also fought like seven times in the last two months? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's that mentality that didn't quite work for him this go round. The hardest thing I think for me to to really take in was the fact that, yeah, he just fought a couple months ago, and I think this had really no upside for him because Dana was already saying that he wasn't going to give him a title fight, even if he won this fight. Then I come to find out at the end of this fight, it was at the end of his contract. So that whole premise of fighting anybody, whoever, whenever is a great narrative to spin. And he's been on a a great winning streak. Well, I'm uh, not saying he has to take every fight he gets offered. I'm just I, saying he would. If you <laughs> let me finish, I'm saying the same thing. <laughs> I'm just saying that I think it was... Uh, I don't know what the upside was. I don't know what the strategy was of why to take this fight. Because Dana's big, big, big concern is he doesn't knock out top five 
fighters in his weight class. And when you don't do that and the pressure is that big on, that's why he doesn't get the title fight. Because it just seemed like those people who love big country and, and get caught up in that narrative just go like, but why isn't he fighting for the, the title? Because like Man. he's been winning. He'll so. fight anybody. Right. So, <laughs> um, I will say this. You know what I realized? That's the like most deceptive thing. There were two things I really enjoyed. But the first was the deceptive when someone says, oh, no, big country looks tired. Like, <laughs> no shit. He looked tired five minutes before the fight started. He always tired looks tired. Getting to the octagon. <laughs> so I don't know that that's really a, a thing that for your corner to tell you. And the other thing is, I love that his corner after the first round sits him down and just goes, get your shit together. <laughs> like it was so awesome. And it's something that I think that in addition to yes, sir, is a hallmark coined phrase that we should put into this podcast as well. Get your shit together. <laughs> yes, sir. Rafa Sparza. Yes, sir. It's a little throwback to <laughs> coach Jackson. Uh, Rashad Evans and Dan Henderson in a pretty predictable, like this kind of, I know we got excited for this fight, but it feels like almost exactly what we should have expected. Why do you say that? Because Rashad Evans doesn't hit anybody. Rashad Evans (laughs) doesn't attack. And Dan Henderson's usually more of a counter puncher. And we knew they're both like almost equal when it comes to their ground game. Like they are the exact same ground game person. Yeah. And I guess when when you just don't get the swing or you don't start making some things happen, that's that's what we get is a decision because someone had to win. And I I thought Henderson I had Henderson taking the first two rounds, but the second yeah. round is a complete toss up, and obviously he lost the third round. Yeah. Um. Well, here is my thing. I thought Hendo started off really strong as old people do. <laughs> That's uh, sorry. That's good. Well, because you know, I, I think he knew it. The, the, the most <laughs> deceiving thing about Hendo, though, is watching him look like a horror movie now at this point. And I'm not talking about like he's got a lot of blood on his face. I'm talking about the fact that when he's fighting, he is protecting that right arm of his, like right next to his chin, just stalking his opponent. Like, come here, come here. I'm going to get you with this this arm. You know it. H-bomb's right here. And it looked like <laughs> the slowest moving. Like, I'm almost positive Jason in Friday the 13th was faster than Henderson that evening. I mean, wouldn't you agree that if you know that your opponent has a very strong hand, that there clearly is going to be their one main offense to you, wouldn't you have kind of a strategy to maybe avoid it and go to the left? Yeah, I'm not faulting them for not having a safe strategy. I I think it's a very safe strategy, and I think it's how, yeah, you definitely will not get hurt if you avoid your opponent's strengths. Now, that said, at a certain point, you have to decide what's more important to you, a very narrow decision or or am I going to try some things and am I going to open up my game and pull out my, my bag of tricks? And it just looked like both of them were like, no, not, gonna, <laughs> not interested in doing that. And I just always get the get. impression that with uh, Dan Henderson, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, 
I'm not going to do it. <laughs> nope. Can't make me. Like at one point when I think he saw Rashad walking out to some rap music, he just goes, what the shit is this? I Someone take off this rap. Rashad needs to drop down a weight class or what, but doesn't he just look like he has no interest in doing anything? Uh, I mean, it's tough. He, he, he does exhibit a more muted version of what it is that we, we've seen from him in the past, but I think that's also getting older. Um, I think he, he knew he was lucky to eke out a decision. He got older quick. I'm just saying. Like, Rashad was one of those guys that after the John Jones thing, he's never been the same. I mean, probably. Uh, that was a that was a big setback for him. Yeah. Okay. So, overall, lackluster card. We both feel good in that diagnosis. And yep. I think we can both say with pretty good certainty... UFC 162 is going to be quite a bit better. Oh, probably. And going along with it being better, it's also going to have more improved clothing. There is now a clothing ban in the UFC, Raph, about flip-flops are no-go anymore. And I believe they're trying to get rid of shorts. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Yeah, why not? Are you okay with this? Because I kind of feel like the flip-flop thing, I already told some people my idea is to, I think we're missing a business opportunity. We need to start verbal taps, high-end male clothing, like a nice cut suit that sort of shows off their athleticism. These are fighters. What are you talking about? Their athleticism? What feature is that? You just get a nice little European cut, but give them a little room in the hips. These pleats really show off the glutes that you've been working on. Look at this skinny tie. I hate skinny that... ties. Don't get me started on that. Oh, gosh. It was the 90s called. They said they oh, really enjoy having you there. Fuck so... off. I have a giant head, and when you have a giant head, skinny ties are the enemy, which means you're the enemy. So you can <laughs> fuck like off. you're floating on a stick. Uh, that's okay. So I think this is fine. The flip-flops thing is a little weird to me just because fighters normally just don't wear a lot of shoes because they don't fight with shoes on, but that's fine. Yeah. You like it more. You seem like you like it more. I do, but I'm also, first of all, don't care. Okay. <laughs> it's something that really works you up to go, these fighters need their expression and they need to be able to wear their goofy board shorts that have alien wear on them and maybe alien jerky and look like NASCAR, and like, I don't, I don't really care. I know it's super convenient for them, but <laughs> I always feel really weird when the person that you're interviewing is dressed more casually than you are. Okay. So I feel that when I'm at least in jeans and maybe a shirt, that it's still more formal than them because at least I could go to a restaurant and probably get in. Yeah, that's a fair argument, but I, I okay. Let me say this: I still think they should wear suits, but they should also wear flip flops. Get it sponsored no. by GQ. Let's do this right. Let's make it a business venture. No, Junior Dos Santos. No, I'm not letting you go forward. If you are in a suit, you have the dignity to wear suit <laughs> shoes. Wear the dress up shoes. I like it's a, a nice summer thing, flop yeah. with a nice brisk suit. So. You are the, that guy who gets buried in a suit 
in flip-flops, and it's a travesty. Only if I'm on the beach, and I'd probably go barefoot. So I don't think I will wear flip-flops to my first, second, or third wedding. You're a disgrace to anybody who ever wears a suit. Junior Dos Santos says Kane Velasquez hits like a Rafa Spar. I'm sorry, hits like a girl. He says Kane Velasquez hits like a girl. What is going on with Junior Dos Santos? Well, I don't know, but apparently you and him share gender <laughs> roles that may be outdated. Um, I, the it... girls I know hit very hard. <laughs> oh God. Turning this into a feminist rant. That's great. It's not even feminist. It's just, it's human. They are hard hitters. Yeah, so, first of all, what an awesome second grade comment that maybe sounds better in Portuguese than it does in English, but (laughs) uh, he certainly doesn't hit like a girl. I think that's obvious. Or maybe he does just a really, maybe Junior Dos Santos, you know, let's go, let's give Junior Dos Santos the credit. Maybe he knows this woman that just like hits violently and will turn your face into a pizza. That's how you described his face looking after. It looked like a busted ass pizza. Yeah. It looked like one of those uh, new pizza pizzas that lets like the cheesy pocket squares. Anyway, that's too descriptive. He, (laughs) maybe he means it like that. He knows this really powerful puncher. I thought about that too. I really did. I, I try to give him the benefit of the doubt where he's just like, oh, yeah, girl, I'm not being condescending. I know Ronda Rousey. She punches me in the face all the time, and I look like this. Like, I don't even know, but it just sounds dumb for any number of reasons and not well thought out. But if the implication is he doesn't hit very hard or that he hits in a way that he views as lesser – then why did his face look so busted? It's a crazy thing to say. It'd be like me beating the shit out of you in the face with punches and then you going, is that all you got, Raph? Is that, is that it? I mean, sure, you want a decision. Whatever. Tougher. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, I just, I don't know. It's, it's a fighter mentality that I wish I understood more. To try and assert why you are still better, even though you lost, uh, there, there's something there. I, I just I can't figure that part out. Do you have anything on that? No, it's no? just weird. John Fitch gets put to sleep. What's going on over there in Fitchland? Uh, so I had the pleasure of watching a little bit of the World Series of Fighting last Friday. Which, by the way, putting a fight on a Friday night is, is confusing business. Because it's the end of the like work day and you're like, all right, I'm done. And then all of a sudden you see fights on and you go, ah, wait, uh, I'm done, but uh, get my internet up. I need to see what's happening. <laughs> um, and it was a weird event, so I, I only caught it off and on. But at the very beginning of the like internet fights that they had on, it was just tragically put together. They didn't have any sound on their audio stream, which maybe might have been a good thing, but it was depriving me of Bass Rutten's gold commentary. <laughs> Bass Rutten. At one point, though, Bass definitely was dancing because he didn't know if they were filming or not. So <laughs> they cut to him in a commentary shot, and it's just him letting loose. And I was like, well, this is what, what it should be, so this is great. 
Uh, but in reference to John Fitch, this weekend did not go the best for him. No. Um, he got put to sleep. Well, that's the worst. And it's not so much that he was taking the blame for really losing, because that happens. We we all know that, right? Yeah. But um, it was also a little disheartening because it was uh, Josh ba- uh, Berkman avenging one of his losses, and it was by a guillotine choke. And apparently, uh, Steve Mazzagatti, Maserati, is that his name? Uh, Steve Convertible, I think. It's Steve Convertible? Yeah. Okay. Mazzagatti. Maserati. Uh, he apparently let the choke go on a little too long. Ah. Uh. Where it's not so good for the fighters. And Dana went off on a rant. And when Dana goes off on a rant, sometimes you don't know where you're going to end up. You take a journey with him. But Always someone who took the journey with him. The way. It's true. There's someone who took the journey with him, though, and agreed 100% was Kenny Florian. So, a little more credibility. But uh, it, it was very awkward to, to see that because you never want to see these guys get hurt um, in that capacity where a ref needs – that's the whole point. That's why they're there. Agreed. Without them, they're just really inconveniently dressed people blocking good camera angles. Or just guys who have great seats to a, a fight. There it is. <laughs> That's actually such a cool watch the fight the way Steve Mazzagatti sees it. <laughs> Another genius idea for the UFC. <sighs> One lucky fan coming this fall. Speaking of fans, we have a great fan question. Great. We have a fan question that makes me, yeah, I'm all in. Emmanuel Soltes at Rollflections tweeted us, what do we need to do to get a Cron Gracie versus Marcelo Garcia rematch of 2011 ADCC? Great question. It says at Rallet Gracie with like a little praying ampersand. <laughs> Please. I'm all in. What do you think about this, Raf? I don't think there's anybody who's against this. Can't be. I think if you're just a fan of grappling and jiu-jitsu, you want to see something like this happen. Um if it could be at a Metamorris, I think that's a great investment in my time. I don't know about you. I'm watching. But to get to the basis of his question, what do we need to do to get that match going? Oh, I'll yeah, I'll call anybody I need to. I'll throw do we? Some... Is it money? Do we start is a letter time? writing campaign? I don't know. Ooh. Maybe just Ooh. a video. <laughs> well, YouTube. Just show. a video. You know what it is. We see we do the promotional viral. videos. <laughs> And just see if we <laughs> see if they it. notice. Like, we'll, yeah, we'll just use Meta Morris graphics and just mm-hmm. really Gracie. We'll do your impersonation of him, which is great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. UFC in November's twentieth anniversary is coming up, which is also close to our one year. Oh, we'll have to do something nice. So you saw that article I sent you earlier that Tough is poss- is potentially going really badly. Yes. Dana's supposedly ranting, and this is all, This is, I guess we'll call this our second-hand news, because this is all rumor, but yeah. Dana was just quoted him saying it was just really going fucking poorly. <laughs> well, so what do you think that means? I don't know. Yeah, well, he was comparing it later. I think he clarified some of these statements at the press conference this weekend, uh, or at least I just made that up. One or the other. Who cares? 
I'll just report it like it's fact. Uh, I think that he was saying that it was akin to Tito Ortiz versus Ken Shamrock bad, which may not necessarily mean that like the filming's going awful. I think it's more so, oh, they hate each other so so much that you need to watch it on Fox Sports Juan coming up (laughs) this fall. Okay. Well, maybe. Let's hope. I hope it's going that direction. Um, though, quick trivia, this is just fun stuff. Do you remember War Machine from The Ultimate <laughs> Fighter in, like, 2007? Do I? 2008. Do you? He had a grenade tattooed on his neck? Yes. Well, he he's... I've always wondered what happened to him after he won The Ultimate Fighter. Well, I now know he's been in prison. And the reason yeah. I know that is because they just did a thing on the Bellator fights. I'm watching <laughs> another spoiler alert where it was like they greeted him as he got out of prison. So, Oh, good. Hey, I'm just – this is going to take us right into our shout-outs because in addition to uh, talking about Sella's fights, let's just say, Adam Sella, look out for prison. You could be next. Don't do that to him. He's a, he's a nice kid. Shout outs. <laughs> We're gonna change things up. We're gonna call a little Raph's gonna go first tonight. What? Me? Okay. Mr. Esparza. Alright, some shout outs to make this evening. Uh our first one goes out to our friends at BJJ Rants. Uh really good website. They are conducting interviews with notable BJJ folks all around the country. And they're really into the uh, promotion, preservation, and advancement of BJJ around the country. I cannot tell you enough how good what these guys are doing. So if you get the chance, go check them out. Really cool people, great articles, and that doesn't always happen, but it does in their case. So please, please go check them out. Um, Other stuff that's going down, I would like to say a quick, quick shout out to the good people at Valley Martial Arts Center. Mac. I think you should uh, you should really measure those. We should draw on a chart what it sounds like every time and where your emphasis are on those. Uh, guys, everybody who went to BMAC, uh, who came out last Saturday for the competition, whether you were helping to run it or put it together, it was the BMAC Dream BJJ competition that we put together. It was a tournament. It was super well run and it was a great tribute uh to john bud and all the good people at valley martial arts and most importantly uh our guy who really put it all together his name is sean Megami, and this dude is really really doing a good job in terms of putting out bjj in the southern california community uh a good competitor just said why not have a better type of competition so uh couldn't be nicer and just a really, really, like, you know when you have a good tournament that's run and you can sit there and go, wow, that doesn't ha- happen in jiu-jitsu. This was well run. That's awesome. Yeah, I was uh, I was very impressed by it. And to our competition team, Zach, Deb, Ani, Andre, Carlos, Walter, Manny, all of you guys did really well. Uh, it was so great to get to watch you guys. So congratulations to the team. We didn't fuck up. I think we gave quite a good representation and we got a lot of nice feedback everybody who came was like i totally like this place you guys are great you've got good people that's so, awesome that's really yeah. cool very Those good events day. are tough cool. to put on so that's good yeah and you always wonder you're like oh god what are we gonna do wrong 
what's going to happen? <laughs> oh, just please let us look comparable to any of this. Uh, for the <laughs> UFC that you were talking about in uh, November, uh, for GSP and uh, Johnny Hendricks, uh, our listener Amy Metz was saying that, that she's trying to guilt her husband into taking her to that event. So, Amy Metz, we'd like to make an impassioned plea on your behalf uh, to your husband, Mr. Metz. I think. Please take Dude, her. It's going to be a great one, right? Just make it an anniversary thing, whatever. She wants to go. Kill two birds, one stone. This is win-win. I mean, this isn't the ball you, of America. Like, yeah. If my girlfriend said, take me to the UFC for our anniversary, done. <laughs> Not even a question. All anyway. about it. Agreed. Yep. Uh, some other folks that we want to say what's up to. Uh, Muggy, we want to say good luck this weekend. Mike Jasper. Mike Jasper, our friend, actually just signed with Legacy Fight. So we want to wish him congratulations on that. Uh, we also want to give out uh, John Evans. Just put out his website if you like John. And I think we all, all do here, especially Kevin. Ugh, Evans. He's great. You love him. Fine. Yeah, no, he is. I'm actually looking forward to checking out BJJBreakdown.com. Um, you should. Yeah, I definitely will. It looks It's a cool idea. I love the idea. Yeah, and he's the nicest guy in the world, so definitely. Yeah, essentially, he takes a, a nice expertise look at matches and sort of just tells people exactly what's happening in the motivation, which is really cool. And do me a favor. When you watch it, you tell me if you can resist laughing at the graphic he uses for his segment about worlds. Okay? (laughs) That's my dare to you. Uh, And our our last couple uh, shout-outs from me, uh, and then I've got 20 more, uh, are (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan Snowden. uh, Thanks for following us. Uh, You're very, very good at what you write. We we like the fact that you are, are part of the verbal tap fellowship over here and to the last one we're going to go ahead and give a nice shout out to the good folks who came out to see early late night we just celebrated our one year anniversary in burbank and it went smashingly we had a nice turnout good people really good comedians so to all of you guys who came uh, to see that i am thanking you officially on this channel that i have as well so thanks very much for all the help and promotion and we look forward to another year of entertaining you are you done (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just going to start doing yours, too. Hey, how about BJJ Finder? If you need to find some BJJ, I don't know. You do it real. I don't want to upset Andrew. He's too nice to us. BJJ Finder, the world's premier jiu-jitsu school locator. Log on. Log on your gyms. They've got an app on the iPhone that makes it nice and easy. BJJ and MMA Academy out there in Chantilly. My buddily, my buddily, my buddy who's oh, traveling I feel Europe. Really, really quick, your butt buddy. My buddy. Oh, your buddily. It was a combination buddy and traveling. My buddy who's traveling in Europe my and doing a jiu-jitsu just... tour. Oh God. Well, now I can't even say it. This doesn't even sound like T money. Uh, sorry about the terrible shout-out. T-Money, I apologize on how bad his shout-out was. Let me give you a good one. Uh, to T-Money, who is traveling in Europe and uh, doing some jiu-jitsu out there, we just want to say, 
Uh, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy it. Good luck in your competitions out there. And really, I should have been just doing all of the shout-outs at this point. I yeah. think we just proved that. Yeah. Why don't you go uh, ahead and try again? No, he's out there just uh, doing a lot. It's like a sort of a dream tour. He's out there just doing seminars, traveling Europe. It's like awesome. That's awesome. fantastic. He's a uh, he's an organized dude. He's got a lot of. He's gonna be around BJJ for a while. Combative Sports Center out in Manhattan, Kansas, producing good fighters and good videos. And Bellator MMA, just for some awesome fights going on in the background of tonight's podcast, including the war machine that just uh, crucifixed someone and knocked him out by securing both of his arms. Stop telling me what (laughs) happened! Oh, that one felt particularly good. I'm Kevin, this is Verbal Tap. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight before Kevin ruins it. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.